all of my childhood, I was always striving to try and beat him in anything and everything that I could. And um, what that did was that elevated a lot um, for both of us. Uh, one that, you know, I'm basing my performance in uh, whether it's in CrossFit or whether it's playing pickup basketball or whatever it is off someone much older than me. And, you know, he knows that he can't get beat by a little brother. <laughs> uh, Welcome to Consistency Breeds Growth Radio. I am your host, Justin Romare. Our incredible guest and myself talk about the cutting edge science and consistency necessary to reach your weight loss, wellness, and performance goals. If you have nutrition goals, we have customized nutrition programs and coaches that tell you how much, when, and what to eat for every single meal. And the best part? You don't need to calculate macros in an app. Ditch the calculators. Want to learn more about our intrinsic diet? Let one of our coaches know you listen to this podcast to get 10% off. Do you own a gym or attend a gym that wants to make some money and throw a top-notch nutrition challenge with a team of certified nutrition coaches? Our team will guide your members through a nutrition challenge customized for your gym. And you'll make money for each member who signs up. If you want more information about working with us one-on-one or in a gym setting, head over to consistencybreedsgrowth.com or email us at consistencybreedsgrowth at gmail.com. We will also put links in the show notes. Enjoy the podcast. Science. Saxon Panchicks here with me today. We're filming this together. Um, we're super excited to have him on. As most of you know, he is ninth at the CrossFit Games last year as an individual male. Uh, it's his second year competing at the CrossFit Games. He's in no intention done competing, and we'll go over today, you know, a lot of stuff about his life, his upcoming marriage, what his plans are in the future, and what the plans are for him in the future of the sport of CrossFit. So, Saxon, say hello, man. Hey, guys, and thank you, Justin, for having me on. Absolutely, dude. It's been a, a great time here in Ohio. This is the first time I've actually met Saxon. I've been working with him for over a year now, and I've learned so much about him as an athlete and as a person and his lifestyle. And, you know, coming up soon, the start of next year, he's going to be getting married. You know, he's been a CrossFit Games athlete, and he just started a pretty new gym with his twin bro- brother, Spence, who I also had the pleasure of meeting. But I mean, man, what's next for you? It seems like you've done pretty much, you know, everything you can do at this point as a 23 year old what what are you planning to do next what are your goals 10 years from now yeah yeah so there's a lot uh, 10 years is a long time to look ahead <laughs> by the time that 10 years is up hopefully I'll, I'll probably still be competing as an individual so that's one big thing is over those next 10 years uh, my biggest thing is just focusing on staying healthy and you know continue being able to do what I'm doing right now um, as for my marriage, you know, we want to eventually start a family over here within the next year or two and um, continue growing the gym. The gym is something that Spencer and I both want to kind of turn into a franchise where this can be throughout all of Ohio or all over the world. Um, it's something that we want to see how far we can really take it. Yeah, I mean, those are some some pretty hefty goals. But, you know, based off of how far you've come in such a short period of time in your life, you know, I don't think that me or anyone else in the world doubts that you'll be able to do that. 
I, uh, we went to your gym already today. Uh, I got in last night, but today we went over to your gym. We switched some ropes around. We did some other types of work and, you know, I, you guys were mopping and I'm like, the floor is like clean to me based off of all the CrossFit gyms I've been in. You know, this, this floor is like pristine. You could eat off of it and you're sitting there, you're mopping it again. And I asked like, you do, how often do you mop? Every single day. We mop the floor every single day. And I'll tell you guys, CrossFit Cliffside is the cleanest gym that I've ever been to. And I think Ted, uh, you know, I, I really do truly mean that. And I've been to a lot of gyms. T- tell uh, tell our listeners a little bit about why you decide to uh, present the gym in this way to your members and what do you yeah. think the benefits are? Absolutely. Um, and just by looks, I mean, uh, how your gym looks can easily determine, you know, how people perceive your gym. If, if you come into a gym, and the, you, you never know who's going to walk in the door throughout the day. And if they come in and they see a dirty gym, like right away they could leave the door and, you know, that one person is equal to telling 10 people that. And it's the same thing as a business model that we use is every single person that walks in the door and signs up. I like to think that they're equivalent to another five or 10 different people. And that's something we talked about yesterday, but you know, that goes for the good and also the bad. So obviously we want to make as much good from that gym as we can. And that just starts with um, presenting something nice and clean and people like new. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is a good point. I think a lot of gyms out there like, Orange Theory and some others. Get out of here, Orange Theory. <laughs> We're just kidding. There's uh, there's gems for everybody out there. And as long as you're consistent with your fitness, you know, this is great. But, uh, you know, there are gems out there like Orange Theory that provide a group fitness atmosphere. And you walk into their gyms and they're really nice looking gyms, you know. And this wave of your garage gym, uh, you know, kind of grudgy CrossFit gym is maybe something in the past. And I really do support the model that you guys use of keeping your gym clean and really pristine. Um, it's really good. So the next question sort of, you know, related more towards your individual career in the CrossFit Games in general. So over the past year and a half or so, you know, Greg Glassman's perspective in showcasing the competitive side of the sport has obviously taken a downward trend. And if this isn't uh, shown by the Qatar Regionals, here's some other statistics. So the actual number of days of competing at the CrossFit Games in 2016 was five days across 15 events. And it was actually two locations. They were at the ranch, right? Yeah. And then they were also in Madison. And then 2018 comes around, still five days, 14 events. And then last year, four days, 12 events, and they cut athletes almost mm-hmm. at every stage they got to the top 10. So what is sort of your unbiased opinion about whether this sport is going to stay alive under the CrossFit HQ or in general? Yeah, I, d- I don't think I can't see it going anywhere because I think there's definitely a market for it. And with all of these sanctioned events around, that's creating the market. and it, It's doing nothing, but it's growing the market for the competitive side of CrossFit. And I think what it's turning more towards is making it it accessible for a lot of different people. Now, it used to be something a little more exclusive, which I would think might be the only concern. Uh, but other than that, I think everything is happening for a reason. I think it's all good because regardless, it's reaching out to a larger community. And I think that's kind of how he's perceiving it. And that's kind of his plan. And it's how anything great starts um, by bringing all of these countries in yes right now they might not have the bat the true fittest person in that country but what's happening is 
next year you see, oh, I, I've beaten that guy in workouts or I, I, I'm fitter than that guy. And it, it's pushing all of these different countries to want to go compete at the CrossFit Games even more. And eventually it might, it might take 10 years for it to finally have the true fittest person in that country at the Games. Um, but it all starts somewhere. And it's just a matter of keeping it alive and focusing on the longevity through that. Um, so I think change is good, but you know, you never know what's going to happen. And with all of these sanctioned events, some of these guys can easily give the CrossFit Games and kind of the platform that they're creating. Um, it's, it's just as big as the CrossFit Games. Yeah, I mean, the synthesis of, uh, you know, having other countries uh, a part of this is pretty special, you know. Um, and I think that, you know, obviously, you know, I asked the question, but I don't want the CrossFit Games to go anywhere. Obviously, neither do you and a lot of other people and our listeners listening to this. But it's just it's something to take note. And you, you hope that the sport, you know, from the competitive side either, you know, stays around with CrossFit HQ or someone else picks this up. And I know we talked a little bit about this yesterday, but, you know, with Rogue as a major player in regards to the equipment that they supply for the CrossFit games and stuff like that, you think it's out of the question that like Rogue will just come in and just like take over this entire CrossFit games portion? I think it's something that could happen, but again, it just, it all depends. And it, it it depends on how people react. People can react by saying like, we like the old format because nobody likes change and people could jump on the wagon of like, okay, like let's keep it how it was. And what can happen is eventually CrossFit, CrossFit can kind of come up and be like, Hey, like this is what we created now. Like it may not have been there at the time, but you know, this is what it grew into. And as an affiliate owner, um, as and an athlete, you can look at it from two different sides. So like I'm kind of torn by, you know, seeing what CrossFit's doing. And I think it's really good for the community aspect of CrossFit. But as for competitive athletes, it kind of hurts a little bit because it's almost like that, that platform of being known to be the top. 20, 30, 40 fittest um, athletes in the world is now having 160 athletes at the CrossFit Games and it kind of watered down, you know, who these athletes are. Um, so that's kind of where I am. It's kind of torn between being an affiliate owner and being an athlete. And I think that's how a lot of other people feel. But I think it's one thing to have an open mind and understand that everything plays out and, you know, there's nothing that we can do all we can do is train to be the fittest. And if you're the fittest, it doesn't matter, you know, what competition you go into. The goal is no matter what, go in there and win. Yeah. And this is just the mindset of a, you know, a competitor, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, um, whether your coach in football, like decides like you're going to be a linebacker or you're going to be, you know, a tight end, you know, you go out there and you compete if you're a competitor and you're like the sport. So, it's not the exact, it's not exactly analogous, but you know, you got to go out there and compete in a sport if you plan to call yourself an athlete, Absolutely. you know? Yeah. So that you just came back from the CrossFit Games a couple months ago, you know, I'm sitting there with my mother-in-law, we're like screaming at the <laughs> TV and uh, watching you, you know, with this sprint event and a lot of the other events you're competing at. But you know, how does it feel to be ninth at the CrossFit Games? And tell yeah. us why you hated this. <laughs> yeah, so I had a lot of mixed feelings. So I, I've been to the CrossFit Games two times. And last year was the first time that I went. And, you know, I was excited to be there. And I kind of got caught up in, you know, 
finally making it and being able to make it through all of those events. And it was just a matter of like kind of getting through the weekend. And that wasn't the right mindset that I had. And I kind of reevaluated after the games. And that's just not who I was. Like I wanted to be there to win. And this year um, at the games, I, I obviously improved and I was always on the uh, verge of getting cut. So I was always out there. I felt like my life was on the line where, you know, my my season could end that this day, the early on in the competition, or I can fight and, you know, make it through the entire weekend. So finishing ninth, I kind of had this feeling of I'm better than that. And, you know, I was I was a little upset about that placing. Again, it's nothing that you can be too upset with because, you know, you're at the CrossFit Games, you made the final cut. But deep down, I just felt like I had more in me. Um, and it was just as soon as I came back, I told you, I felt like I wasn't recovering. Um, so we got down to work and uh, we figured out how I can increase maybe my volume or make sure my body's recovering through my nutrition. I think that's one of the biggest takeaways I um, had from the CrossFit Games was dialing on that nutrition so I don't ever have to feel like that. If, if I'm going out, I want to go out on my terms going down swinging, not based off of you know what I was putting in my body. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, we, we've worked a lot with your nutrition and we constantly tweak things. You know, me as your coach, I've learned, I've become a lot better of a coach just by working with you because I realize how complex the human physiology is when it comes to high performance athletes like yourself and how much food you typically have to take in to stay recovered and feel good. You know, yeah, I remember talking to you about being ninth. Like I was super excited about it, obviously, because you improved it's almost 10 spaces from the prior year and um you know we obviously worked with you throughout that year so it's great it's you know super satisfying for us to be a small part in that i remember talking to you you're like nah man this is this isn't what i wanted to do you know i wanted to i wanted to come out here and, and win you know and like like you said a part of you i think was you know happy about being able to make that last cut and then part of it was like but I wanted to be on the podium. Like I want to win the games. And I think this has to be the goal. Like no CrossFit athlete ever won first. That was like happy with second. Yeah. You know, nobody came through it. I was like, yeah, man, I'm so happy. I got second. Like I'm good. You know, they never went back and won first. Matt keeps winning first and first is still not good enough. Right. Cause he needs to win first again and he needs to prove it to himself again. And this is the mentality that you have. Like ninth is not where you want it to be. Absolutely. And you got to respect that. Absolutely. Yeah. So also, I mean, talk about this, like you were on the verge of getting <laughs> cut after 30, 20, 10. Yeah. Like what? Even before that, even 50, yeah. 50, 40, 50, 40, 50 How? 20, 10. Yeah. Yeah. So this is so many cuts and this is so much pressure and like, just talk through uh, yeah. about like how did you do that i love like, <laughs> i love making it interesting <laughs> like what was the thought process going through before that did it change any versus a regular event like you did a lot of sanctionals this year mm -hmm. did, did 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 your you know your mindset change to be able to push through and get in the top every yeah. time so um competing it was consistency is always key and that's how it's always been at the crossfit games like you could go easily any other previous year and place 10th to 15th in, you know, 95% of the events and you'd place probably pretty close to the top five. And if you did that this year, you know, early on, that's not, that's not good enough. 
and you could easily get cut. And I like to think of it as, so you had 12 events and each event was one max effort mile. And, you know, if you didn't, if you didn't finish in the top percentile on that mile run, like your weekend was over. So every single time you were going out there for an event, you were laying everything that you had. Like there was no reserve. Like I need to feel good for this next event. We didn't know any of the other events. So all you knew is you had one task at hand and it was lay your training out there and see what you're capable of. And, you know, it's either good or it's not good enough. And, you know, I felt like I was pretty good for about six effort miles and that got me into the top 10. And like we were talking about with my nutrition, I felt like the turnover for each event became so quickly because there was only two heats that there wasn't, I felt like I wasn't prepared enough by having food and stuff ready. And my body just wasn't recovering. And, you know, after six max effort miles, how many more max effort miles can you run and still hit that top time? Um, eventually something has to give. So that's kind of how I felt about it. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. And we discussed this and we're going to continue to work on a game plan that's going to allow you to get in solid food between events because there just wasn't enough time in between. The problem with this for our listeners is there's a lot of uh, blood uh, that essentially circulates to the stomach to help digestion and absorption when you're not drinking fast-acting um, small molecules or proteins like whey and dextrose powder. These are fast-acting. So where we're getting uh, sacks and a lot of shakes and things like that to recover between events. But, uh, you know, you have to get in solid food every now and then too, not just in breakfast and at night. And we found that this, um, you know, potentially affected his performance on the last uh, little bit. I mean, obviously, there's a lot more that goes into it, but uh, we think that we can make some some room uh, to improve there. And, um, you know, the blood that rushes to your stomach like that, it it once the blood rushes there, it doesn't want to go to your your muscle tissue, which is what you need to fuel uh, your workouts, you know, uh, both anaerobically, anaerobically, uh, glycolytically. Um, and with the use of oxygen. So this is sort of something that we kind of struggled with. Like, do we get in a solid meal or do we, you know, continue to drink the shakes? And we try to uh, culminate sort of a synthesis of this. And uh, we think there just wasn't enough time to get in enough food that last day, you know. Um, so that's, you know, it's an important point. Uh, it's something to work on. Um, and nutrition is a huge part of where we come in for Saxon. So we have to step step up next year when he's at the games um, and make sure that we're more diligent about getting in the caloric intake he needs to sustain a performance like that. Yeah. So talking about high level athletes and being involved in the sport, you've been involved in the sport a while, even before you started because you were watching your older brother, Scott. Yeah. And I remember um, talking to you about this. I don't know, maybe like a month before the games, like after I knew you qualified three weeks before. I said, you know, what is it going to take for you to be better in, than Scott? You know? <laughs> yeah. And I texted you this and I wanted to see what your answer was. Do you remember what you told me? Uh, I, I I do remember now. It was, it was a while back, but it was um, watch this year. Watch <laughs> this year. Yeah. Um, that was the, the biggest thing. Um, Scott was always someone he's, how old, he's about nine years older than me. Um, and throughout, throughout, all of my childhood, I was always striving to try and beat him in anything and everything that I could. And um, what that did was that elevated a lot um, for both of us. Uh, one that, you know, I'm basing my performance in 
whether it's in CrossFit or whether it's playing pickup basketball or whatever it is off someone much older than me. And, you know, he knows that he can't get beat by a little brother. <laughs> uh, so I, I felt like it helped me mature a lot faster, like even just as a brother and a human being, like socially and emotionally, like, you know, I felt like I tried to carry myself like a like a 25 year old when I was 17 years old. And um, it allowed me to mature a little quicker than um, I probably should have, which is amazing. But even training wise, he always kept me focusing on lighter weights and just trying to beat him in all any workout that we did. And, you know, that pushed me to get to a high level very quickly, I felt like. And now as he's getting a little older and I'm kind of reaching that 24, 25 where he was <laughs> kicking my butt, uh, his recovery slowing down a little bit. So I felt like it, it's allowing him to, you know, continue at a high level here too, because, you know, no matter what, whether I was younger than him and whether he's older than me, we're basing, you know, the best performance off someone right in their prime. Yeah. You hear that, Scott? You're getting old, dude. <laughs> <laughs> getting old. Um, no, Scott's obviously had a great career in the sport. He's going to continue to do really well in the sport. Um, and like you said, you know, you're grateful that he got you involved in the sport and that he's able to push you in the way that he has yeah. uh, for all these years, you know, and there's something to be said. I mean, I know a lot of gyms where there's like one really good athlete and that's sort of an anomaly. A lot of times you see CrossFit gyms and are like three or four games athletes at the same gym. Mm -hmm. And it's because they kind of cultivate this atmosphere where they have high level performers like right there. And intensity is a big part of this game. It's probably one of the most important and you have to have it. So having people around you like Spence, and like, uh, and like Scott, you know, and me, I mean, I'm going to whoop you in this workout 20.1 <laughs> tonight. <laughs> That's just a joke, guys. I'm, uh, I'm just a nutrition coach, but, um, uh, it's going to be a good time. We're going to throw down 20.1 tonight and, uh, it's, it's a good time to be around these guys and watch them compete. Uh, so I remember the first time that we started working together at the very beginning, your biggest struggle was, um, you wanted to put on a little bit of size and we, we definitely covered that. Even though one of the announcers at the game said, you look like you weigh 170. I don't really know <laughs> what's wrong with that guy, but, uh, um, we, we definitely put a lot of size on you and you, you know, you had, uh, we did some food sensitivity testing based on your DNA. It's genotyping. And we'll do a separate podcast sort of about this and why we do this DNA data for some of our athletes. But we found that you were, you know, had a sensitivity to lactose. Um, and you were drinking a lot of milk at the time. So, you know, that's how you were getting a lot of calories in. Um, yeah. So we had to sort of exclude this and find things to sort of replace to get your, you know, total caloric intake. H how did you go about changing that and move shifting your diet away from something that was, you know, calorically based a lot off of milk to something that, you know, was more intrinsic for you? Yeah. Um, so... The biggest thing was I always focused on trying to increase weight on my own was increase my calories. Um, and that was through whole milk and peanut butter. And I would just pound both of those things throughout the day, the middle of the night. And what that did was it replaced a lot of meals. So it was kind of like how I competed this year. I did a lot of shakes and things like that. But um, I, I, I think it's much more important to focus on getting whole foods in your body rather than things that are just high in calories. And that was the biggest thing that you taught me was eat more frequently. Um, they might be smaller meals, but um, 
that kind of took place of those shakes that was allowing me to keep my body weight up. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I mean, you want a lot of variance in your diet. You know, there are a lot of diets out there like paleo, like it restricts food composition. You know, this isn't good. Like if your body can digest lactose, it has the LCT gene, right? And your body digests lactose. Well, why can't you have milk? You know, and this is something that I struggle with when I, you know, even vegans and vegetarians, I, I get the moral and the ethics side of it. But if you're doing that to lose weight and things like that, you know, based on these food composition diets, it kind of leaves you a little bit limited. I mean, the body's pretty resilient and epigenetically, we're inclined to be able to tolerate different foods than, you know, um, just a paleolithic diet, for example. So that's why we get the DNA testing done. We found out that Saxon was sensitive to certain foods, not sensitive to others, which can cause fatigue, inflammation. Imagine lung inflammation from a certain food and then you try to go work out. This isn't good, right? You know, you can't yeah. adapt from your training. So yeah, a big focus for, for us when we started working with Saxon was to eliminate these food sensitivities and intolerances, put in more whole foods and then time up his meals correctly, put carbohydrates around his workout times and then put fat away from his workout times just because we're trying to replenish glycogen and then we're trying to get fat in away from the workout window because it's hard to digest and absorb. So we came in and we were able to take a strategy like that and it's it's been, um, you know, especially during the off season, it's been a great way for him to put on really clean weight, build strength and then also his work capacity, gymnastics, muscle endurance has I would say increased as well from yeah, last year. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so even at a higher body weight, so you got to make sure you're doing, if you're trying to do some sort of a strength phase, you know, and you're putting on weight, you got to make sure you stay in tune with your gymnastics a couple times a week. Uh, make sure as you put on that weight that your body's and your, you know, your muscle tissue is ready to, to take on the, the amount of volume that this sort of requires. So, yeah. So a little bit more about like your food intake and stuff like that. You know, what, you know, what is sort of a day of eating under intrinsic diet yeah. with us look like? And like, what is it, what does it look like leading yeah. up to the open? So you guys made it pretty easy. Um, I do three meals a day and then I do three shakes. So when I wake up, I'm doing breakfast. Um, and then I'll go in and I'll do a training session after a training session. Every training session, I'm always doing a shake after with some, with some carbs. Uh, then I would come home, I would do um, lunch, and then I'd go back in, hit another training session, then followed by another shake and carbs. And then I'd come home for dinner, eat dinner, and then um, hang out for a little bit, relax. And then before bed, I would do uh, some casein protein, again, with some fats before I would go to bed. And like you said, it was distributing those fats away from my training program, which I noticed significantly helped, especially with my sleep. Um, I felt like it kind of gave me a little more of a bloated feeling and kept me satisfied throughout the middle of the night. So I didn't catch myself waking up at all, um, you know, and disturbing my sleep. Right. Yeah. And sleep is something we've also tackled. Obviously, you know, I've gone through your bed night routine with you and you, you sleep pretty well. And for those listening, uh, if you're trying to be a competitive athlete and the reason he takes in three shakes a day is because he trains three separate times a day. Um, and then, or two separate times a day. And then he has a nighttime case in shake which is a nighttime protein but for those of you that are that are training this much you need nine plus ideally closer to 11 hours of sleep for most people and this is what saxon typically gets in a night with very limited wakes up wake ups because he keeps blue light away from his eyesight an hour hour and a half before bed 
he sets an alarm on his phone 90 minutes before bed to take the last gulp of water. <laughs> so he's not, he's not up uh, peeing in the middle of the night. All this stuff um, sort of gets, uh, it cuts up your circadian rhythm and it's not good for recovery and stuff. So yeah, this is definitely something that we, that we've tackled and we have a good sort of strategy uh, moving forward. And the other thing, you know, a lot of nuts and seeds and fats in general have tryptophan, which is a protein that uh, promotes sleep. So uh, this is another reason why, especially if you're not training in the afternoon, you want to have a lot of fat before going to bed away from the workout window and before sleep. It actually works out quite nicely like that. So in a typical meal, like how many grams of protein are you having or ounces of meat are you having? How many carbohydrates are you having? Yeah. Like how does this work? Yeah. So right now uh, with each meal, what I'm doing is four ounces of protein. So for breakfast, I'll do four ounces of ground turkey. Then I'll do 100 grams of carbs. And then in the morning, I'll do two servings of fat. So that's what the breakfast looks like. And then that stays the same for my lunch and then my dinner. The only thing that's really changing is my fat, where those two will be one serving of fat. So, Yeah. Yeah, more fat sort of packed in at night. Depending on the season and stuff, you know, Saxon's about on his body weight in protein, uh, maybe a little bit less. So somewhere around 180-ish. For carbohydrates, it kind of fluctuates, but it's never below, you know, 300. It's always above 300. Typically, it uh, can go upwards of 400 to 450. And then for fats, typically also pretty high, uh, around, you know, 100 to 115 grams of fat uh, within a day. And so this is typically what we need to, um, on sort of a, just off season, uh, maintaining calories. If we're trying to put on weight, obviously, you know, that increases. Typically, it increases in the carb and fat content only because, uh, you, you know, you don't need m much more protein than one gram per pound of body weight if you're taking in a decent amount of carbs anyway. So we don't really mess around with protein too much. We kind of keep that constant. But, uh, yeah, this is sort of what his diet looks like. And this took, a year and a half to build like the supplements that we have him on, um, beta lead, um, to promote mitochondrial biogenesis, uh, you know, digestive enzymes to help the digestion of potentially some foods, uh, sensitivities that he has salt, which he also includes, uh, in his shakes post-workout. Uh, this is a glute transporter. So it helps the uh, recovery and, uh, replenishment of glycogen in the muscle, like all of these types of things. Uh, we make sure he gets a lot of dietary iron from cooking in an iron skillet and also getting uh, red meat two, two ish, two to three ish times a week, depending on, depending on the week. Um, only because iron, you know, is, um, you know, a big transporter along with vitamin B12 of oxygenated blood, uh, to muscle tissue. So if you don't have enough iron in your system, this could be, uh, pretty bad. So yeah, this is something that took, a really long time and his diet looks like no one else's just like everyone else's diet but the intrinsic diet doesn't look the same either and it really takes a lot of time to learn uh, about the athlete and to do this so you know the intrinsic diet is something that we do and we encompass everything the um the keto we have people on keto that we feel can benefit from being fat adapted we have people on intermittent fasting uh, that feel that, um, you know, they're very busy with their schedule and they're not high performance athletes. You know, every diet is sort of made for the person in their schedule. Um, and they know exactly what to eat, when they eat it for every meal. 
And this is something that we've come in now. And uh, I'm actually here this weekend to watch him and Spence do the open workout, but also to give a nutrition seminar. So, you know, what is it about the intrinsic diet and our coaching that sort of made you want to use this for your members yeah. in your gym? Yeah, you summed it up pretty well. Uh, after working with you guys for, what is it, a year and a half? Yeah, about a year and a half, um, I think, yeah. Working with you guys for a year and a half, uh, we finally fine-tuned things and figured out how well this actually is working. And uh, I'm really big on anything that I'm going to give to our members. It's something that I truly believe in. And I want to give them the same opportunity that I have. And, you know, by doing that, it was getting you out here to kind of work with those guys and give them the opportunity that, you know, you gave me. So that's something I really believe in. And uh, with this diet, you've made it so simple. Uh, the first week, it, it takes a little thinking and measuring things out. But after doing it for two weeks, you get into the rhythm and you know exactly what you're eating. And it kind of takes the thinking out of everything. Um, you know exactly what you're having for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and when you're going to be having it and when you're going to have your shakes. And you, you never have to stress about, you know, when am I going to eat or what am I going to eat? You have it all kind of planned out. So it's super simple. And, you know, I'm excited to see the members kind of transform exactly like I did. Yeah. Yeah, no, we're definitely excited to work with your members. You know, you have a lot of different types of members at your gym. And, um, you know, I can already tell that they love CrossFit Cliffside and working with you guys, your programming, your coaches. You know, you got such a great group of people around you, uh, Spence and your family. And, you know, we, we want to continue to support your mission to, to win the CrossFit Games. Um, you know, I'd say we did a Good job here. And, you know, thanks for answering all the questions. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think we got some good stuff for, for, for all of you guys, uh, coming up and, uh, keep an eye on this guy. He's, he's young. Um, he, he's, he's hungry. He, he wants to win the CrossFit games every, almost every time I talk to him. Uh, it's something about how, you know, he's trying to improve his performance so that he can win. It's what his major focus is besides his wife, Taylor, and getting married next year and he'll do it. I have no doubt that he'll do it. Um, so that's going to conclude the starving podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Justin Romare, uh, with Saxon Panchik. Uh, we're going to throw down 20.1 about to get freaky, uh, <laughs> big shirt gang gang. You know how it is. Follow us on Instagram at consistency breeds growth, uh, consistency underscore breeds underscore growth or email us at consistency breeds growth at gmail.com. Uh, if anybody wants to check out CrossFit Cliffside, Saxon, you have a website and things you want to yeah. shoot out? Um, yeah. yeah, and this just goes for anything. Uh, if you have questions about diet, you know exactly who to reach out to. And if you have any questions about any type of training or um, how you can increase your performance, like feel free to uh, reach out. Um, my email is CrossFitCliffside at gmail.com. You can check out our website, um, CrossFitCliffside.com, making it pretty simple for you guys. Uh, but yeah, feel free to reach out with any types of questions that anyone has. It's science. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it. Keep tuning in every week for more incredible guests and ways to reach your max potential, both physically and mentally. Please subscribe on iTunes or your preferred podcast app and let us know if you like this episode. Science. Don't forget to check us out at consistencybreedsgrowth.com or on Instagram at CBG underscore online underscore sports for details on upcoming nutrition challenges or one-on-one coaching for weight loss, wellness, or performance. Also, feel free to join our free 
Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash groups slash CBG Nutrition Tribe.